everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 159 of Sorta Awesome. And first, I want to tell you thank you, awesomes, so much for continuing on with us through this the year of the awesome. 2018, the year of the awesome. And secondly, I have a secret for you guys. The episode that we released last week, episode 158, these are a few of our favorite things. That episode was actually (laughs) over an hour and a half long when we finished recording it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Kelly, that's what happens when you put three extroverts on microphones. And you guys, every single time we say, oh, this is just a quick little list of things to talk about. No problem. Uh, We really need to say here are two things you can say. (laughs) And it's still going to take us an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, basically. Well, since it was so long, I ended up cutting out three whole segments. But instead of taking those three segments and putting them in the sort of awesome vault, I sent them out to our superstar listener supporters. That's right. Our listener supporters get access to all kinds of extras, including bonus episodes, extra newsletters from me, and of course, our exclusive Facebook group that is just for our superstars. So if you would like to get these bonus episodes, these extras that you are not going to hear on the Friday shows, if you just want to support the show and the work that we're doing to bring more awesome to the world, we would love to have you join us. And you can find out everything that you need to know about that over at sortofawesomeshow.com slash support. You'll get an idea of what kind of extras you get and how to sign up. Again, it's sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. All right. Well, this is episode 159. And this week I am joined by, you already heard her beautiful voice. I'm joined by my dear friend and everyone's favorite big sister, Ms. Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. Hey, awesomes. We are talking this week all about mornings, how to have more awesome and happier mornings, which is a subject that's been on my mind a lot lately with my children being back in school and realizing, oh my goodness, we got to get our morning routines back in order. And Kelly, I'm so interested to hear how this is going to go because let's just prepare everyone that you and I come at this topic from different angles. We do. In fact, when you said mornings and you said it with that voice, I was like, (laughs) so that just gives you a little bit there, right, Austin's? That's my take on mornings when it comes at least naturally. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Kelly is our night owl. And so she will have some really great tips and ideas and things that are working for her and things that she's found in her research that help mornings if you're more of a night owl person and if you're more of the bright eyed and ready to take on the day early bird like myself. I have some extra thoughts on mornings to share with you guys as well. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this episode the way we always do with our awesomes of the week, that moment in the show where we just stop and tell you a little bit about the books, the TV shows, the movies, the podcasts, the products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome for us this week. Kelly, what do you have for us? Okay, so what I have for you this week, awesomes, is actually a little bit dated because are we not all kind of perpetually behind in the summer? Do you feel like that? We were just Yes, you and I were just talking before we started recording. I'm like, I'm behind on everything. It's August and my kids are back in school, but I'm still just like, oh, I'm so behind. And I think what I'm bringing for you today is a podcast and actually a podcast series, because I think especially when it comes to podcasts, there is so much good content. Who can stay up to date on all of the good stuff? No one. (laughs) I mean, really, who? (laughs) who has enough hours in the day to listen to all the good stuff out there? So I appreciate it so much. I don't care if it's old. If somebody comes to me and says, here's a series, here's a episode, like I'm all here for the recommendations for podcasts to listen to because it's so easy to get overwhelmed. So my recommendation and my awesome of the week is a Jen Hatmaker's podcast, which I'm sure many of the awesomes mm-hmm. are familiar with, but specifically her series eight, which is called For the Love of Exploring Our Faith. So the reason yes. I, not only did it mean so much to me is I listened to it and I learned so much from it. 
But I think especially if you awesomes have listened to the shows that Megan and I did on faith. So there was way back episode 96, where we talk about kind of the beginning and the evolution of our faith journeys. And then we did one just this last spring too, episode 139, kind of resurrection, like where we are today on the other side of our faith shifting. I think that this series will just dovetail with that. Um, It has so many good things and questions to ask about how we do faith today. So let me just give you, she has eight episodes in this series, some of the guests that she has. So this is going to give you some ideas. She has Bob Goff, who has recently come out with Mm, a book, Everyone Everywhere. He just is so inspiring. He's an uh, Enneagram 7, and so I feel like he is my role model. Like, I want Mm. to be like him. I think everybody wants to be like Bob Goff. If you've ever, you know, listened to anything that he's talked about, he's just so loving on people. So yes. just talking about how to love people. She has Austin Channing Brown on, who also released a book this year, which is fantastic, talking about race in the church. Joshua Dubois, who talks about politics in the church, which is a highly contested, big topic right now. Ian Morgan Cron, who talks about faith in the Enneagram. Uh, Lisa Sharon Harper, Rachel Held Evans. One of my all-time favorites, Barbara Brown-Taylor talking about learning to walk in the dark, who actually, too, if you know anything about Jen Hatmaker, also one of her favorites. So I think she cries no less than three times taping that podcast. Yes. Like, it just means so much. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then it, she just winds up the whole series saying, hey, people, who do you want to hear from? And guess who they wanted to hear from? From our friend and yours, the new B.T. Harmon, formerly known as Brett Trapp. Yes. So if you've listened to the sort of awesome episode where we had Brett on, um, this is kind of where he is today, talking about Blue Baby's Pink and advocating for humanity. So it's just really good. These are some of the smartest, most faithful leaders, funny people. It's very unfiltered, asking questions even more than answering them. Fantastic series if you want to explore your faith. So Jen Hatmaker, it's series eight. That's how you want to look for it, for the love of exploring our faith. Fantastic. So good. I mean, last week, Rebecca brought a podcast series that I was like, well, I'm going to have to binge that. I now know. you're just serving me up more. <laughs> I know. And here's the horrible thing is that this actually came out in the spring and then she's already released two other fantastic series. And I'm like, yes, ah, yes, more yes. hours in the day. So yes. what's your awesome? What you got for us? Hopefully not a podcast. <laughs> well, it's not a podcast, but it is something to listen to. I am bringing for the first time in a while some music, an album that I absolutely have been loving and have been listening to on repeat all summer. Okay, so the name of the album, well, first of all, it's from Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. He is, Nathaniel Rateliff is kind of like a sort of alt-country, alt-rock. Wait, I don't even know what that means. Alt Alt means more, like it's not your mainstream. It's not like Nashville country. It is really woodsy, folksy, but he also has a lot of rock going on in there. A lot of like Southern style. So like think Leonard Skinner influence kind of rock. So I first discovered Nathaniel Whitliff in the Night Sweats back in 2015 because of his single SOB, (laughs) which in the the full song uses the full phrase. So uh, kid friendly. But it's one of my favorite songs of the past few years. It's one of those that you can just really belt out. It's a fantastic song. I will definitely link to it in the show notes so that grownups can go check it out if you're not (laughs) familiar with that song. But I love his like really, he has a really growly voice and just really voices, intense approach to his music. So that's where I first had heard of him. Well, he and his band, The Night Sweats dropped a new album this year, back in the spring, dropped in March. It's called Tearing at the Seams. I didn't discover it until the beginning of the summer. But like I said, Kyle and I both have just been listening to this. It's sort of been the background of our summer. Honestly, we've been listening to it as we're in the kitchen cooking or, you know, just whatever when we have music going on in the background. This album is fantastic for if you like something that is like has a retro feel to it. It's like the best of rock and roll from the 60s and like even into the 70s, but also feels very updated and very fresh. So it's not like, you know, sometimes people try to do like a pastiche of, you know, like this is honoring this decade and it just sounds like a janky ripoff, you know? Right. Yes. (laughs) Like you're just trying to cover. Exactly. Yes. This is in no way feels like a cover. It feels like those same styles of music, again, rock and roll, but also like a really Southern rock flair to it. A lot of soul, like if soul and rock and roll had a baby, 
<laughs> it would be this album tearing up the seams. There's a couple of songs that I super, super love on there. One of them is called Hey Mama. It's like a, an idea of his mom trying to give him advice, like he's feeling sorry for himself. And she's kind of trying to come in and be like, hey, kid, toughen up kind of thing. Um, Nathaniel Rateliff has had a really difficult life in a lot of ways. His dad was killed in a car accident when he was a teenager. He himself has struggled with alcoholism for many years. In fact, that's what the song SOB is about, is really inspired by his struggle with alcoholism. You can tell in his music that he has lived a lot of life and has lived it in some hard ways. And that really comes through in every song on this album. I love it so much. It's tearing at the seams. It's really fantastic. And I wanted to wait till sort of the end of the summer to mention it because it is great background music to have. Like if you're having maybe an end of summer get together, backyard barbecue, or, you know, Labor Day's coming up. So maybe if you're having people over for Labor Day weekend for a picnic or a swimming party or whatever, it's great to have on in the background. And I think that everybody listening will be happy with it. So anyway. Okay. Well, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Because I do love music. I mean, if I'm behind in podcasts, I never know what's current in music. I just rely on Spotify to tell me what to listen to, which is actually the good thing is that I don't have to be intentional about it. Right. So can I find this album on Spotify? That's how I've been listening to it. It's totally on Spotify. And I'm sure in all of the places where you can get your fresh new music. (laughs) It it feels very relevant for me, like his band name. I feel like it could be Kelly Gordon (laughs) and the Night Sweats. It's kind of like my life theme right now. I was going to say. I love band names. Like, seriously, at least three times a day, my kids will say something and I'll say, ooh, that could I'll be a good band name. I'll do that too. We're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> There's a band in Minneapolis that I just became aware of. They're actually very wildly popular, but they're called Trampled by uh, Turtles. Good, yes. I'm like, they win. They yes. win all the band names. <laughs> I'm going to start texting you all of my band name ideas as they come to me. <laughs> yes. And I'm, we're going to need GIF covers with those two or GIF covers. Which yes, is, I, I hear that. Band names are hysterical. So fun. Okay. So again, that is on Spotify. I will drop links for where you can find it into the show notes if you want to check it out. And also, Kelly, I feel like, does Corey like music? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. No, Not so much. he's one of those people who's like, I just, why does silence <laughs> offend you? <laughs> I get it. I do. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, I'm the music Corey person. Would like it too. So. Yes, he probably would. And he can enjoy music. It's just that I like to have background music right. on at all times. Yes. And yeah. so he's not always a fan of that. But that's okay. That's why God gave us doors. <laughs> and noise blocking earbuds. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> all right. Well, those are our awesomes of the week. Of course, every single Friday, we open up the floor for you guys, the awesomes, to share with us your awesomes of the week. Remember, we're doing that over on Instagram now. And if you haven't followed us there, we're, we are at Sword Awesome Show on Instagram. And as always, we have a fun and lively thread every single Friday with your Awesomes of the Week in our Sorta Awesome Hangout community. So if you haven't found us on Facebook, you can do that by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. So Awesomes, I wanted to tell you a real life story from my family. When my younger daughter realized that she needed to start wearing deodorant every day, it wasn't long before we discovered that regular antiperspirant and deodorants causing her to have terrible breakouts under her arms. So we tried everything. We tried every brand we could find at the pharmacy. We tried all kinds of natural brands. We could not find anything that was natural and good to her skin and it worked. All of that changed when we found Kapari Coconut Deodorant. This is like the unicorn, the holy grail of natural deodorants, you guys. It's aluminum-free deodorant that actually works. Instead of plugging up your sweat glands, Kapari's deodorant takes care of all of any smell without messing with your body's natural patterns. Kapari's coconut deodorant fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil, and it outlasts your longest days, even if you're a fifth grader. In fact, this is Kapari's number one selling product. They can barely keep it in stock. It's free from silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, baking soda. It is perfect for sensitive skin. So knowing that there's a safe, clean option for deodorant out there that works just as well and smells amazing, why wouldn't you want to try it? Kapari offers a money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to. So awesomes, say aloha to Kapari. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash awesome 
to make the safe switch today and see how you can save $5 off of your first order. That's Kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash awesome. Kaparibeauty.com slash awesome. Awesomes, you all know that there are few things in business that are more amazing than finding the exact right hire to make a huge impact on your business. That's why it's so important to find just the right person. But where do you find them? You could try posting on the job boards, but can you really be sure the right person is going to see your job listing? There is a very awesome way to find the person who will help you grow your business with LinkedIn. As the world's largest professional network, people go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and to discover new job opportunities. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already there. LinkedIn Jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are. This way, your job gets seen by more of the right people. Most LinkedIn members aren't visiting the top job boards, but 9 out of 10 members are open to new opportunities, and so you can only reach them on LinkedIn. So hurry to linkedin.com slash awesome and get $50 off of your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off of your first job post linkedin.com slash awesome. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, so Kelly, let's get into talking about mornings. And as you and I started to kind of throw ideas back and forth for what we might talk about in this episode, it was super timely because even though I am a morning person, on the day that you suggested this, it just happened to be a day where I had a little bit of a mama meltdown on the way to school because our morning had gone so poorly, which is really kind of unusual. But it was one of those mornings where like all of our systems, all of them broke down. Nobody was doing what they were supposed to, (laughs) including me. (laughs) That's so weird. That never happens at my house. Yes. Yeah. It was so timely when you were like, hey, what if we talked about mornings? I was like, yes, please. Let's do talk about mornings. Some people are still in vacation mode, but some of us are back in the business of life. And so whether you have kids or not, all of us have Mm -hmm. to get through the morning. So we have put together some ideas, some things that work for us, some things that we're wondering, hey, I wonder if this would work for me kind of thing. So Kelly, you have done some reading, some research, you've got some ideas. Why don't you get us started with the conversation? Yeah. So I, as you said, am the opposite of you. I just naturally do not like mornings. Like I just don't like waking up for the most part. I think I said on the show before that my favorite hours, kind of if I could say this is what my body wants to do, would be to wake up between eight and nine, go to bed 11 to midnight. I worked second shift in the TV newsroom for a while. And that was my favorite because that's kind of what I did. I could wake up when I wanted to get up. I wasn't waking up and having to start my day. You know, the relaxation part of my day was first. And then I went to work and came home immediately from work and went to bed. Perfect. That was perfect for me. But guess what? Most of the world doesn't function that way. It totally stinks. And then I had kids and they're like, I want to get up at six o'clock. And I'm like, what are you doing, child? Like, are you actually related to me? So I had to learn to function. I think that's what some of these things that I wanted to talk about. I thought I had to learn to function and this can apply. So to my fellow night owls, people who are like, ugh, mornings, to people who really like mornings, but are looking for systems or ways to make them better, to make them work well. So these are like my life lessons that I have learned in the trenches since I don't naturally, you know, operate this way. I think one of the first things, and I have seen this said by experts and this, oh, you guys, it took me decades truly to kind of come to grips with this is to set your alarm 15 minutes earlier and then don't hit snooze. Or I would say to the night owls among us, you know, the time that you set your alarm for so that you can hit snooze for half an hour, just use that time (laughs) and then don't hit snooze. I used to build in, I'm not kidding you, probably an hour worth of snoozes. Oh my gosh, that stresses me out so much. (laughs) I'm sure my roommates in college weren't a big fan either. You know, an alarm going off every seven minutes for an hour. But (laughs) it was because I hated getting up so much that if I had to get up at the first alarm, like I needed that break. But here's the thing, really, truly, science would say that isn't good for your brain. Like you're not getting good sleep. You're just making yourself grumpy. Yes. It would just make me so grumpy if I just kept falling back to sleep and wake up, fall asleep, wake up. Oh, it feels so stressful, Kelly. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like Groundhog Day too. You're like, no, I just turned you off. So take that time. Here's the point though, is that 
we do so much better when we can just wake up and be mm-hmm. for a few minutes versus yeah. having to jump out of bed and get going with our day. Yeah. So whatever you need to do to create that space to wake up as naturally as you can, you know, as if you were waking up without an alarm. And really, of course, we did a whole episode on sleep where that is the goal. We want you to get enough sleep to figure out how much sleep you need and then go to bed the night before so that you can wake up yeah. and that your body will get into a rhythm. And ideally, you will start to naturally come back to consciousness 15 minutes before your alarm goes off so that when it goes off, it's not this jarring, interrupting sort of feeling. So then take a few minutes to slowly open your eyes, you know, stretch. A lot of studies say it's really good for our muscles to even just in bed, you know, just stretch out. Maybe you do that anyway. Maybe you read for a minute. I know our friend Laura Tremaine always reads in the morning. That's part of her morning rituals. I think that some people will get up and meditate to kind of set the tone for their day or they'll read their Bible. Yoga. You can do a quick five-minute yoga, sun salutation, you know, just to get your body moving. And again, I think that's a little bit of meditation for the whole body. Mm -hmm. It's all about getting calm and centered. um, And it can really set the tone for the whole day. If you can wake up and just have a little bit of kind of me time Mm -hmm. and remembering and, and being grateful. A lot of people talk about having an intention of gratitude right there Mm -hmm. instead of, good Lord, it's morning. Yes. You know, it's that, oh, good morning, Lord sort of thing. So it's trying to to reframe your day, even if you wake up. So what this is doing, especially for those of us who are not naturally morning people, it gives you a little bit of a buffer to wake up and maybe you're never going to wake up and be, yay. But if you can give yourself 15 minutes so that you don't have to rush, the idea is that by the end of the 15 minutes, you're like, okay, I can do this. I'm happy to be awake even if I yeah. wasn't 15 minutes ago. I get it. So what about you? Since you're a morning person, what does yeah, that resonate Yeah, it totally with resonates with me. It resonates with me so much because I don't just set my alarm 15 minutes before I have to get up. I like to get up at 5 o'clock, 5.15 maybe if I hit snooze. And my kids don't get up until like 6. I need a big buffer time. And I think that's been one of the most important discoveries Mm. of my adulthood, especially starting when my kids were very little and I felt like I had very little buffer time any time in the day. And also when you're so exhausted, you, of course, sometimes need to sleep or want to sleep more. And I feel like I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times, but I really like to bookend my days with some buffer. Like I like to have a lot of time to myself in the morning and a lot of time to myself, a lot, relatively speaking, like 45 minutes-ish, you know? To really just be my own self before I am in mom mode or wife mode or, you know, podcast producer mode, whatever. And so, yeah, I definitely, I'm like so on board with this that I took it all the way. (laughs) She's like, I'm taking that and I'm going to, I'm going to set it. You are getting up in the middle of my night, Meg Teets. You're like 5 a.m. I'm like, wait, why, why would you do that to yourself? But you're, not only are you a morning person and your kids maybe get up earlier too, but you're just saying, I have recognized this. That's, I think that's wisdom, right? Yeah. You're saying, I am a better person. I'm a yes. better mom. I'm a better podcaster. If I can say, I can have almost always an yes. hour to yes, exactly. XYZ. Exactly. And so that's something I've practiced for years. There are a tribe of us in this world who really believe in the sort of magic of the five o'clock hour as well, especially mm-hmm. creative types. I really do think that there's something really great about that hour. And so that's kind of my approach to that day. But I totally do need that buffer time. I almost mentioned this on last week's episode when we were talking about our favorite new discoveries, but I decided to save it for this show. A new discovery, not new, but something I've been using for a couple of weeks that I really love is the bedtime feature on my iPhone. Do you use this at all? I don't know that I do. So tell me what it is. Let me tell you where to find it. You're going to go into your clock in the center tab on the clock app, the native clock app on your iPhone is called bedtime. And you can use it to do what you were just talking about in terms of sleep. It will tell you like if you go to bed at 10 and you wake up at this time, this is how many hours of sleep you're getting. And it kind of does this really nice maternal thing where I have it set at 10 o'clock for bedtime for myself. Like about 10 minutes before 10, it gives you a little notification like maybe it's time to start getting ready for bed if you want to get this many hours of sleep. But, it's, it, but it's it does a it gently reminder like, hey, honey, it's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> 10, yeah, minute, 10 warning. minute warning. Exactly. But my other very favorite feature of the bedtime part of the clock app is you can set your wake up sound. And so instead of an alarm sound, the traditional like iPhone alarm sound, 
I have it set to a song called Early Riser, which is just piano music that starts out very slow and quiet and gentle and gradually comes on and becomes a little bit more upbeat. And I just love waking up to that. I think it's because I'm very much a highly sensitive person. I do not like to be startled at all. Oh. Not when I'm awake, but especially when I'm sleeping. That to me is the worst way to start the day. And so having this early riser music, which is just, like I said, it's gentle. I also sometimes, if I'm really tired, I'll put it, you can set it to play the music and also vibrate just to make sure it really Mm -hmm. does wake me up. So Mm -hmm. I have been super loving that. Such a gentle, easy way to wake up. I know this is so controversial. And one of the big tips for getting better sleep and being, you know, good sleep hygiene is to keep your phone in a different room. I understand that. But no, I keep my phone on my nightstand. I really do think I can be pretty disciplined with it because I do like to read before bed, but I have a Kindle Paperwhite that I use for reading before bed. So it's easier for me to just, you know, put the phone down and do a little reading. I love to Mm -hmm. fall asleep reading. So, but... Yeah, just for various family reasons. My parents are not in great health and, you know, other reasons like that. I feel more, and we don't have a landline, so I feel more comfortable with it next to me. But I have kind of, I'm not a super disciplined person, but that is one area where I've done okay with the discipline. So yeah. Yes. Okay, right. Here's another really big, again, you guys, I hope you understand that this has taken me decades to glean this, like, deeper wisdom about how to have a happier morning. And this is a big one. And it is know what you want. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we have competing expectations for our mornings. I know I did for years. Like I, you want the perfect morning where everything goes exactly (laughs) as planned and everyone is cheerful and no one spills their breakfast and everyone is ready five minutes beforehand. And that is unrealistic. I live in unrealistic most of the time in my head. Like, why not? Why can't we live in the mythical, magical, unicorn, rainbow world? I don't understand, children. Right. Not only do we live in the land of unrealism, but we also, I think, expect for everybody to just be like, this is what you do and you just do it. We don't want to have to tell people. You should just naturally get yourself ready and let's get out the door. Right. Especially if you're not a morning person, you're like, it is hard enough for me to get up and get ready, much less trying to manage you. So I think that for a long time, I lived in this world where we could be on time and have a great morning and I could be a patient mom and they would leave feeling loved and supported, my children. Mm, And mm -hmm. what I've learned is because we do not live in a perfect world, I have to choose a priority. All of those things cannot always happen. Okay. So what I have decided, and honestly, awesomes, maybe you would pick a different priority and that's fine. But I have decided for me that the most important thing about mornings is that there Mm -hmm. is a undergirding of calm, pleasant mom that my kids leave, even if we're late, even if it has been a bad morning, feeling loved and encouraged as they go out the door onto their day. Not only does it help them, it helps me too. So it's, it's somewhat selfish. You know, like if I can stay rooted and stay focused on them, then I'm also happier. So, but what that means then is that some of these other things like being on time for school, always making, we are people who ride the bus. Maybe we don't catch the bus that morning, you know, and I drive them or maybe we have to apologize or I have to build things into our life to make sure that that mornings are going to go as smoothly Mm -hmm. as possible so that I can be that mom who's going to be supportive to my kids and then have myself a good day. So you have to kind of figure out what is the most important thing here. And honestly, I could see how for some people it could be like we have to be out the door on time because I have a job and they have to get here. So then you might choose to order things differently. I know that for me, when I realized that I just wanted to be able to set a tone for the day, that also really enabled the thing we just talked about before. What do I need to do? And I realized that it was Mm -hmm. a longer waking up period to be able to start my day out that way and then to be able to give my kids that priority. Yeah, that resonates so much. And it actually reminds me of a concept that Kyle and I just had a really good, like almost painfully good conversation about how people believe they don't deserve certain things. He and I were talking about in the context of money and finances, because he works in the financial services industry. He, of course, reads a lot in that realm and has, you know, true real life practice and talking to people about money and We were just talking about this concept of how many of us don't believe that we deserve a good thing or deserve a thing that we want, even if it's as simple as having a good morning. And so 
The reason it was almost painful to talk about this is because we were kind of identifying some areas in life where each of us hold these beliefs of like, I don't deserve this thing. And I realized in the past, I really did kind of have, because of who knows what kind of baggage or formation early in life, I don't know. But it was like, I felt like I didn't deserve to have that peaceful morning that you're just talking about, to have that calm presence in my own self. And I would sort of unconsciously not make it happen. I would almost like self-sabotage because on paper, I could be like, this is what we have to do. This is what I have to do as a mama for to get out the door and get make sure everybody has all of their things and I'm not making trips back up to school to take someone their lunchbox or whatever. But then I wouldn't do it. And it was kind of a breakthrough to realize I, as the sort of captain of the morning ship, <laughs> I deserve to be calm and at peace with myself. And then, like you were just saying, it does set that tone. Now, I will say getting out the door on time, I'm definitely a P type and can be very spontaneous and laid back about some things. But I am a really big stickler about timeliness. And so for me, getting the kids out the door and getting them to their school buildings by the time they want to be there is a very big value. It's something I hold really close to my heart in terms of how we plan our days. And so, yeah, just being like, okay, I want to get my kids to school on time, but I also deserve to have a pleasant start to the day. So just kind of switching my mindset and recognizing ways I was self-sabotaging myself and our whole family because of, you know, not putting up strong emphasis on our orders and our routines and those types of things. I don't know. It was a huge light bulb moment. I don't even know if I'm making sense as I say that, but. <laughs> no, I think you are. I think, it, again, this is like one of those deeper, I feel like, awesome are you all laying on your couch for your oh, therapy session sort of a thing. Yes. But it really, it goes into your motives and what you expect. I think for me, not being a morning person, even the idea that mornings could be pleasant was somewhat revolutionary. So I just was like, this is going to be painful for everybody. It sucks. Let's just power through because I also care a lot about being on time. And especially since my kids do ride the bus, you know, if we're going to make the decision for them to not ride the bus, mm -hmm. then that yeah. impacts like the rest of my day, like that I'm having to drive people to school. And so it's a big deal. But first of all, recognizing that I could have a good morning. I could have a pleasant morning. Um, I could actually enjoy mm -hmm. it once I kind of got out of bed. That was right. mind-blowing. And then to say, okay, the most important thing, though, is that my kids leave feeling loved. And so mm -hmm. some days I do have to make a choice. You know, like they're not ready. Even they may have made bad decisions. But like, I don't want to be screaming at them, like throwing their lunchbox as they run down the driveway, you know, sort of a thing. I'm like... I don't want that to be what they remember at school. So to saying, you know, like if I have to, I, the most important thing is that they feel loved. So what we're going to try, uh, we're going to still try yes. to be on time for oh school. Oh my gosh, But yes. we had to kind of decide. <laughs> and, and here's something else that just completely fits with that is I had to then also be realistic about timing. Yep. <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast before, Awesomes. And this is a thing that it just runs like a big scarlet thread through my entire life is I, again, don't live in reality most of the right. time. And so I remember that one time that I made it. It was more, especially even before I had kids, since they weren't running the bus, like that time that <laughs> there was no traffic, every light was green. I was probably going 10 miles over yeah. the speed limit without realizing it. And I made it to school in seven minutes. So I'm like, it takes seven minutes to get to school. No, no. Most days it takes yep. 12 minutes to get to school. But my brain always goes to the best case scenario. Yep. So yep, I've yep, had yep. to learn. And again, this was probably not until I hit my 40s <laughs> that I probably need to take uh -huh. my expected time yeah. and then double it for everything in life. So not only the like the amount of time it takes to drive, but the amount of time it's going to take my kids to get their stuff on. Like from the point when I say, let's go. And then they've got their backpacks on. And especially for yes. us, anybody that lives in the north in the winter, you know, you've got gear. It takes, so we take like 15 minutes now. I give my kids 15 minutes just to get their stuff on and get out to the bus, which is a ridiculous amount of time, really. You're like, this should take two minutes, even with winter stuff. Like, come on, it's laying right there. We've already got the backpacks packed. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't I matter. Know. Again, this goes back to if I'm going to have a peaceful morning, if I think that it's worth it, then this is something I can do. I can be realistic about my timing. It sets me up for success. Kyle and I have a long running joke, very long running joke that he'll be like, how much longer do you think you're going to be? And I'll be like 15 minutes. And he'll be like, is that 15 minutes clock time or 15 minutes meg time? Because I need to plan accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> and then if 
I get all stubborn about it. I'm like, no, of course, 15 minutes clock time. I said 15 minutes. I mean, 15 minutes. And then I'll like set a timer for myself and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I got to breathe. Yes. 15 minutes is not yes, enough time sister. to do this. Yes. I didn't realize that 15 uh-huh. minutes actually was so short. Yeah. Well, I'm at the age where my kids, my younger kids are in that kind of yes, literal. Exactly. So they come in and say, mom, how much longer? And I'll yep. say just a couple of minutes. And then literally two minutes later, they come back and say, that was a couple of minutes. <laughs> Longer than 15 minutes, but less than 30. I'm Just like, okay. give me some slack here. Yes. I don't know. It will be an unspecified amount of time that will not be very, very long. Go away. I, because I have such a bad problem with understanding how time works, I will admit it. Don't ever tell Kyle that I admitted this on air, but I yeah. do admit never. <laughs> okay. I'm sure he will never listen to the podcast, so. I do this thing, which I think is probably common sense for most people, but it was kind of revolutionary for me. When I realized I could use these time markers throughout, especially in the morning, to measure where I am in our routine. So I know that I need to make sure every child is out of bed by six o'clock. I know that I personally need to start making breakfasts and lunches by 630 if we're going to make it out the door on time. I know that, you know, 645, I need to check to make sure everybody has uniforms on. You know, just like these every single school morning, it looks like this. And even when I was teaching, I actually did this, too, because I had a longer commute then. I drove about 20 or 25 minutes from our apartment to the school where I taught. And so I did the same thing. I'd be like, okay, by this time, I have to have this ready. By this time, I need to be pulling out of the parking lot. Again, for a lot of people who are listening, you're like, um, doesn't everyone do that? And the answer is no, not by nature. <laughs> yes. Or we do it, but we know that we're kind of, oh, we can right. push that. You know, like we say, oh, by 630, but we're like, oh, really by 640. It's fine. And so then we yes. are actually leaving at 645. And then we're yes, like yes, yes, a mess, yes. right? I, like if you're stressed, if you're rushing, I have found it's really all of this, you guys, is trying to eliminate rushing. I rushed for the first 35 years of my life to everything because I did not know how time works. So it is saying I'm going to be happier and a better person to everyone around me if I'm not rushing. Yeah, that's so true. And it kind of, for me, goes back to that thing of like not believing that I deserve to have a peaceful, unrushed morning. And so I just, I don't know, I would not build the routines out. Or even if I did have the routines, like you were just saying, I think I can fudge on this. I can push it. And then you do, you end up rushing and being grouchy and cranky to start the day. And then you start to hate mornings in general and, you know, snowballs. Yeah. I saw one person say they use the time markers and they also set alarms on their phone, probably, but it played music. It played a certain song at different time markers for their kids. So their kids could just, the idea was, I don't know that it actually works. It's just one of those fun ideas that a certain song plays and the kids are like, oh, I need to be done with breakfast now. Like I need to be going to brush my teeth and doing the last minute things. So it was, and it was fun songs like Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, sort of like morning-ish peppy songs. So the hope, and I'm, I kind of doubt that it actually works this way, but the idea is that you yeah. don't even have to say anything. Your kids hear the song and they're like, oh, I know what that means. Especially if yeah. they hear it every morning at that certain time. So I'm wondering if I could try even that. set Alexa up to do that. I'll have to do some digging and see if she could play the music for me. Yeah. I bet she could. Yeah. yeah at a certain time. So you're like, you know, and I think even for me, because mm-hmm. I do tend to lose track of time. Like hearing a certain song at a certain time, you're like, oh, 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 it's that time already. So true. Yes. Right. Okay. So here's something else that, again, I feel like in a way, all of these kind of swirl together, but something that has really changed my mornings is to be present, which let's just say something that has changed my life is learning to be present. That is my lesson right now that I'm learning in every area of living. But mornings really are a huge chunk of day-to-day time when you are with the people that you love. If you are not living alone, you have a partner, you have children, you have a spouse, those people are with you in the mornings. And yes, mornings, everybody's usually like doing their thing. It's not like we're all just chilling together, right? Yeah. But it is time that we spend together. So for me, and again, this goes back to if I have the presence of mind, you know, because I've taken a little bit of time and I've built things into my schedule to be realistic about the timing of things, I just want to take a few seconds every morning to really notice and be present with my family, to notice the details. You know, what are they eating right now? You know, my kids went through a big thing last year with chocolate pancake mix. It's Kodiak protein. It's a dark chocolate pancake mix. And so we would make these. They love these chocolate pancakes. They're not super sweet. They're incredible, actually. They could be an awesome of the week. You can find them at your Target store, whatever. But just to say, hey, look, that's what they're eating right now. Or to really notice what they look like in the morning, to really even 
every single person who wakes up the first time you see them. Oh, yeah. To make eye contact, to stop, put the phone down if you're looking at it. And yeah. Go give them a hug yes. and say, I'm so happy to see you, which is a totally. lot easier to do if you've taken that time. If before, if I had gotten up two minutes before, I'm not happy to see anybody. <laughs> I'm not even happy to see me at that point. So I had to have had a little bit of time to remember that yes. I love these people. <laughs> so even mm-hmm. doing that, I think even for teenagers who often have yeah. a less, you know, their time from when they get up to when they're walking out the door could be even shorter. Just doing that is can be kind of revolutionary. It was, it was for me, for sure. Here is what my children would probably tell you is so annoying about growing up with a mom who is a unrelenting morning person is every morning for all four of my kids, when I first see them, I give them a big hug and I'm like, good morning. I'm so glad you're up. And I always say, I missed you while you were sleeping. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> There's like, there's like two sets of people right now listening. They're the awesomest who are like, oh, I want to be with Meg in the morning. And there's a bunch of other people who are like, note to self. Yes. If I had to be with Meg in the morning, yes. I would have to steal myself. It's not true. Gag. It's true. And oh, I will say though, I have been with Meg in the morning, you guys. It's fine. Yes, it's fine. I don't do this you to do adults. It for I don't days. even do it to Kyle. So <laughs> just my children are the recipients of that nonsense. So For me, I totally agree. It is so about being present and all hinges on building in that buffer time for me in the morning, for sure. Another thing, because I am probably this comes easier for those of us who are geared towards mornings, but I really find things that I just love about the morning that I really have fallen in love with about morning. For me, I love to watch the sunrise, which is just, I don't Hmm. know, it's just like the most hopeful promising moment of the day. Everything's fresh ahead of you. I love it. I also love to be sipping coffee during that time. And so having a constant and steady supply of coffee is a big part of why I love mornings. I really do. I know that for people who are more nighttime geared, the thought of like really loving to see the sunrise sounds pretty terrible. Well, like I like the idea of it. And so I'm like, oh yeah, that would be great. I honestly, Meg, of course, I live more in the north, so the sun has been rising at ungodly hours, but I can't remember the last time I saw sunrise. Yeah. So I like the idea. I think that's really beautiful. But here's the thing. What you've done there is you have found something that you really love about mornings. Yes. So you were able to find right. something that you already love yes. and say, I'm going to tie that into mornings and it will make it even better. Right. right. Or for somebody like me, you could say it will just make it better. Yeah. So like saying coffee, I, mm-hmm. I know for so many people, yeah. the ritual of a hot drink or a certain drink yeah. in the morning is that's motivating, right? It helps to say, hey, this is what I get to do in the morning. Or maybe even it's like you really love to take a long hot shower first thing in the morning, or you maybe have skincare products that you really love to use first thing in the morning. I mean, finding a thing, even if you hate mornings altogether, what is something that you already love that you can add into your mornings to give you that little something? We talk a lot on Sort of Awesome about how important it is for us as humans to have something to look forward to. And so even if it is something as simple as using your really, you know, luxury high-end moisturizing cream, right? just that one little thing can make a little bit of a difference if you already don't like mornings, you know? Right, exactly. Having a breakfast that you really know is going to start you off on a good way in your day, you know, find that thing, maybe reading. I mean, it's for so many people reading in the morning just for a few minutes because they enjoy it and it's something they're doing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something already, even if you are not a morning person in your life that you probably could find and add into your morning to make it better. Yes, totally. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so here is where we complete the circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> kind of my last life lesson is don't look at your phone first thing. Right. So this yeah. is a specific 21st century sort of how to have a happier morning. But really, if you can manage that, you're probably ahead in a happier day from most of the population because so many of us do sleep with our phones next to our bed. And what we tend to do is grab that phone first thing and get on social media, check our email. Understandably, why we do that, right? It's kind Mm -hmm. of right there. And I think for some people, they're like, it is kind of my way to wake up in the morning. Sure. But for so many of us, social media also has some sort of anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. aspect as well. Right. And even email can be that, oh, shoot, I'm behind on this or I I forgot about that. It cannot, it isn't always a 
welcoming way to wake up. Right. It is kind of jarring. Yeah. So if you can, even if you sleep next to your phone, you know, and you maybe like Meg can just discipline yourself not to do that, or there are tools and increasingly our mobile device makers are trying to give us the tools to control the technology. Uh-huh. They're seeing the damage that it could be doing. Right. There's, you know, put it in airplane mode, other things like that and say, I'm not going to look at my phone until XYZ. Um, Do that thing for yourself first, right? So for me, one of the things that I have found, and this is a little bit unique to where I am in life right now, but my younger kids get up about an hour and a half before their bus comes. It's a really long time. Mm -hmm. So I have tried to say, I'm just going to try to not even check social media until they're gone. Right. Because social media, and especially because I am the social media manager for Sort of Awesome, that it is kind of my work mode. I'm transitioning into what I need to get done for the day. It distracts my brain. I start to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. So because I want to be present with my children while they're there, and they're also really pleasant, you know, and they're enjoying waking up. They're not grouchy. That's my intention that I yeah. have set for myself to say, yeah. I'm just not even going to do that. I might turn on some music, but otherwise I'm just going to be present with them. I'm going to make breakfast and I'll do all those morning tasks that yes. also make me feel like I've started my day. Even though they're little, it's like that whole, you know, making your bed thing. I make the beds, I unload the dishwasher, I might change a load of laundry, just all those little tiny household tasks. Do that instead. Yes. And then I started the day ahead, I feel like. Yes. So, yeah. I agree 1000% with this. I do agree, first of all, and this does circle back to what we were talking about. Like you mentioned how Laura likes to read in the morning, do something instead of, because again, all of us have varying, you know, amounts of time for whatever reason in our mornings, but do something that is good to your soul, whether it is reading or I like to pray and have time to pray the rosary and meditate and, you know, all of those things. I really like to do that where my kids get up, walk the dog. There's all kinds Mm. of things that we can do. I like to think of it too, instead of getting on social media, because again, I have a propensity to not realize how much time has gone by, but especially when I'm on social media of some kind, I have no idea how much time has gone by. And so if I am like, no, I do not get on social media until after, you know, school drop off, then I am, I'm doing things. I like to think of it as being really kind to my future self. So it is really important to me that before we leave the house for school drop off that I have done all the breakfast dishes and the lunch, you know, there's always lunchbox yes. trash on the counter and stuff that all that the kitchen's cleaned up basically before I leave so that my after drop off self can walk into a clean kitchen. That is something I value very much. And I have built it into my routine, but other people may be like, well, I also like to make my bed, but I mean, other people may say a made bed or a tidied up bathroom, a clean, fresh smelling bathroom, or, you know, whatever the thing is. Decide what you can do to be good to yourself and kind to yourself in the future and use those little pockets of time in the morning to do that. Because I promise you, you will not be mad at yourself when you get home and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot I cleaned the whole kitchen before I left the house today. You will not be mad. I promise. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's like a little gift when you come home and that thing is already done. And you're like, yeah, thank you, old Megan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you earlier this morning, self. I appreciate you. (laughs) You may be the only person that tells you that (laughs) through the day. But these are the things that we can do and can accomplish if we are not on social media, if we're not messing around on our phone, if we're really dialed into our 3D analog world that's around us, because there will be the social media, it's going to be there later in the day, it will be there. Plus, it doesn't end. I feel like it's really nice to start the day doing something that is concrete, like Mm -hmm. you just said, our 3D analog world, and that can be accomplished and Mm -hmm. is done. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, obviously, laundry, dishes, all those things are to some degree ongoing. But just for a few minutes, to have a clean kitchen. Yeah. To have the beds made. Social media, I've never reached the end of Facebook. <laughs> nope. And, and Lord knows I tried. I have spent the hours scrolling thinking at some point Facebook will be like, you've seen it all, Kelly. You can check this off your list. So I think that that's how our world works is this kind of never ending loop. And so just to be able to say, hey, I'm starting my day by boom, boom, boom. I have done some things. It feels good. Yes, it does. It feels good. And it feels good to be dialed in, to plugged into the real world, mm-hmm. like you said. Very yeah. true. Totally. Okay. So as we were talking about some of the things we wanted to cover on the show, you gave me a <laughs> list of some other ideas that both of us were like, huh, 
those are ideas, <laughs> things that we don't do, but who knows? Maybe they would work. We can talk about if we would agree or disagree, if this is something that we could imagine building into our mornings. I am so fascinated by this first one. You sent me a list and the first thing on the list was to surround yourself with plants. Talk to me about the science behind this and what it might even look like. Right. So you guys, I went on full like nerd researcher mode on this as (laughs) I do with so many things in life. Um, And so really, truly, this is science. This studies back this up, even though I want to give it a little bit of side eye. But it says that plants subconsciously kind of promise safety to us. Hmm. Like things can grow here, you know, like, and also promise. Yeah. Like that thing is going to open. So there was actually a Harvard psychologist who did a study specifically with women. And the women who saw flowers when they woke up reported feeling happier and less anxious at home and even more energetic at work. This is fascinating to me. Hmm. Yeah. So Trader Joe's sells those flowers. I mean, most grocery stores do. Uh huh. Somebody try it. Somebody go get themselves a big bouquet and put it next to their bed yeah. and see if it makes you happier in the mornings. You know, I do think this is a very interesting experiment. I think I might try it because something else I've read is that is to keep plants or flowers in areas that are clutter hotspots for you hmm. because there's like some kind of trigger that if there's something beautiful or and fresh and living that you again subconsciously don't want there to be a lot of like on my nightstand right now, empty water bottles and hair ties and just clutter. Right. So I'm going to see if I can kill two birds with one stone by mm-hmm. putting some fresh flowers or something on my nightstand. I have a nice, big, beautiful nightstand that is completely covered with planners and papers and all kinds of pens. Uh, who knows even how many of those even work? I don't know. It's not, it's not the prettiest right now. Yeah. But I'm wondering if I can improve my morning and my clutter problem by putting some fresh plants there. I love it. Right. And also you would think that sometimes, at least for me, a cluttered surface equals a cluttered mind. Mm-hmm. So maybe seeing something that is simpler in the morning yeah. will help your brain to not feel so kitty wampus when you first get up. Yeah. Speaking of empty water bottles, another tip on here was to drink a glass of water as soon as you wake up. Yes. Is, do you do this? I do not always do this, but I do think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's something. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, right. <laughs> My life motto, awesome, right there. And I think about it so much, sometimes I give myself credit for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, surely that intention counts. So yes, I sincerely drink a glass of water in my mind every morning. I do try to drink water. And here's why, because... I don't know what's happening, Meg. I'm telling you this right now so that you can appreciate it. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I've gotten super sensitive to caffeine. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I go back and forth with drinking coffee or not. Mm. And so what's happened is this summer I have realized that because maybe I stopped drinking coffee kind of in the springtime period in the early summer, that now when I have coffee, I'm super wired. So I've had to find other things to drink in the morning. I mean, I can still have decaf or I can... I could have tea. I don't want hot tea in the summer. But so I've been saying, hey, if you want something, drink some water because I do want something. And I think that part of it is learning to listen to my body and say what I'm really looking for is just some liquid. Right. So just getting my water bottle and drinking. Now, it's not like the first thing I do, but Mm -hmm. I mean, science shows that we obviously we're getting dehydrated while we sleep. That's, you know, on a good night, seven hours that our brains are doing a ton of work and our bodies are going through a lot. And so Drinking a glass of water can help also with morning hunger. You know, like if you feel like routinely you get to work and somebody brings in the donuts and you're like, I just can't resist the donuts at 10, that even just starting with water will help you to feel less hungry. Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. I'm like you. I often think, you know what I should do? What I should do is start with a nice big glass of water and then I just pour another cup of coffee. But But you've thought about it. I have thought about it for sure. I don't know. I might give it a try. (laughs) Here's one that I thought was kind of funny. And I don't do this, but they specifically said to drink a glass of orange juice. Oh, no. I totally (laughs) disagree with that. (laughs) Well, okay. I did understand this. They said, or, and they said specifically you should try to fresh squeezed orange juice because orange oil, which all of our essential oils people will be like, yes. Yes. It can help us feel less anxious. It's like a brightening oh, sort right. of sort to your yes. day. So if you're actually cutting an orange and then juicing it, and then orange juice is, you know, high in B6 and folic acid, it's good things for our body. Yes. But you're like, no, 
No, because just like you were talking about being sensitive to caffeine, I have become increasingly sensitive to sugar in any form, even natural sugars, like in a freshly squeezed juice. Kelly, if I started off the day with a glass of orange juice, I would just like have to lay down on the floor and go back to sleep because I would, I don't know, it would mess up all of my systems to have that much sugar first thing in the morning. So do you not put sugar in your coffee? Oh no, I drink it black. You drink it black. Yes. Wow. That's hardcore, Meg Teats. I'm impressed. I know. I mean, that Starbucks barista stint, it ruined me. I learned how to drink coffee black then. Sometimes, sometimes I'll put a splash of cream in, but mostly just black. Okay. I know. I know. But I do believe in the orange oil thing for sure. It yes. is a very brightening, like pick me up kind of scent for so sure. So maybe that would be the actual takeaway is get a diffuser, diffuse some orange oil in the morning. Yes. Voila. Same benefit. Before we wrap up, there is one more I super wanted to hear your thoughts on because it's kind of contradictory. I would, on the surface, I would say I disagree with this idea. And the concept is don't go to bed upset. And the reason I'm saying I would disagree is sometimes if I'm just like overly tired or if something upsetting happened, I just want to like escape into sleep. And so there've been many times when I've actually been fine with going to bed upset, but you're saying that the research shows don't go to bed upset. Talk more about that because I am so fascinated by this concept. Yes. So, and it might not be what we're talking about, some of these upset moments, because I have experienced that so many times as well. And it was something that my mom used to say to me when I was a teenager, yes. you know, like, just go to bed. Just go and to as bed. As a teenager, you're like, you're invalidating my emotions. They're yes. real. <laughs> it couldn't possibly be because I'm tired. And then you go to bed and you wake up and you think, oh, yeah, yeah. well, she was totally right. different today. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her that though. So of course, now I say it to my children as well. The research, though, is talking about like traumatic incidents or something that is very upsetting. So I think that you do have to be able to discern between the two. And the reason that they're saying don't go to bed upset or right after something like that is that what they're finding is that last thing that we've experienced emotionally. When we go to sleep, somehow the brain takes those emotions, that experience, and saves it even deeper into our subconscious. Oh, wow. Right. Through our sleep cycle. So that those memories then become almost like more durable and more sticky into our personality, into our psyche. So what they're recommending is that, and what they've done actually, you guys, is they've looked at soldiers. So they're talking about people who've experienced some, you know, big traumatic event. And oftentimes they used to say like, just go back to the barracks and sleep it off. And they're saying now it would be better for you to stay awake at least an hour Mm. before you go to sleep. So you give your brain a little bit of a buffer to start to maybe even metabolize some of those memories and they then will have less sticking power in your brain so that you can deal with it. And they said it truly has helped with PTSD. Wow. So it's that sort of an event, like something that you think could truly bother you, that it's going to be easier for you to deal with it if it doesn't have quite so much power in your brain. So I mean, obviously, most of us are not day-to-day dealing with super deeply traumatic events, hopefully. Sure. Sure. But I think that kind of the thing you could take away from it is, you know, you said, Meg, and I'm the same way. I like to read before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually reading, I mean, I, I read lots of different types of books, but I feel like that reading thing also makes a little bit of a buffer. I'm not going Mm. to bed thinking about my day. Right. You know, I'm going to bed thinking about something totally different. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that has really helped me to kind of separate. It makes sleep easier too. It's good sleep hygiene, as they say. But it helps me to give some perspective maybe to my day. So I don't know. I mean, this is kind of new science. There's fantastic, if you guys want to geek out with me, article in National Geographic right now that is all about this. It's all about sleeping and dreaming and like what happens in our brain and our bodies. And this is part of that study. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to go check that out because I'm so fascinated by that. All right. This has been such a fun conversation. I do feel like really re-inspired to, I mean, I think we have good morning routines, but obviously sometimes they do fall apart. So And for me, it's just inspiring because we are still, we're just ending our summer. So we haven't started. Right now, mornings are easy because... Everybody can just get up when they want to. We Mm -hmm. don't usually have something first thing. So it's easier to have a happier morning when it can be Uh whatever kind of morning you want it to be. But again, (laughs) life doesn't work that way for so many of us. So I'm hopeful now. And hopefully the awesomes are as well as they've listened. Yeah. All right. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts on how you yourself have happier mornings. Maybe you have even more tips and tricks and hacks that we didn't cover. We would love to hear your thoughts all about mornings. So 
please do come find us on social media. Kelly, remind everybody where we can find you. Well, you can find me on Instagram most of the time. Of course, not first thing in the mornings. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I wish I could say that that was always true. But I am at Kelly Gordon MN from Minnesota. That's my same handle on Twitter, at Kelly Gordon MN. And on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. All right. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. Don't forget the show is over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us on Facebook anytime at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys rise and shine and have an even more awesome morning. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 